This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about meetings And I almost feel like we don't need to do any introduction. We've all sat in terrible meetings that could have been emails. And hopefully, we've all sat in some really productive meetings. And so we kind of know the difference between the two. Us as consultants sit in meetings all day, every day. That's what we do. Uh, And so we definitely have some tips and some tricks. And we've seen a little bit of everything. So I am just going to jump right into it. Don, why don't you start us off? What's one of your favorite meeting stories? I think about Diana, we sit in a lot of meetings. We're in meetings all day long. Like our job is around meetings. And some people are like, that job sounds horrible. And it's like, no, (laughs) we like to have good meetings. Like that's that's what we're we're, we're striving for, but we don't always have control over the meetings that we sit in. Um, we do a lot of work with nonprofits and nonprofit boards. And I think that when they named the board meeting, I think that it was not an accident. I think they just spelled it <laughs> wrong. I think it's B-O-R-E-D, meeting, board. sitting in board meetings. And I was at one board meeting where we were the, the they were going to go over their normal agenda and then we were going to have this strategic planning discussion. And they started off saying, okay, let's look at the minutes from the last meeting. And then everybody looked at the flip through their papers in front of them. And, okay. Any questions about the minutes? And nope. Okay. Well, <laughs> motion to approve. Second. Okay. Who said second? Let me write that down. Okay. Now. Let's look at the financials. Any questions on the financials? And people kind of flipped through it and looked at each other knowingly. And now I'm sitting on the side and I get to watch. Like I'm just watching. And I, I love watching human behavior. And you can see like people, what they're really doing. If, you, if you're not have to be involved in the thing that they're doing, you can just really observe. And what I was observing was people like flipping through the financials. But what they were really doing was they were trying to show each other that they're being responsible fiscally without any understanding of what they were looking at. Like you could just tell, like they were just like flipping through the, it was like a five page financial spreadsheet. It wasn't even presented in a way that was at all where you could understand it. And it was, everybody's flipping through it. Like, yeah, this page, everything seems to be in order here. This looks good. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Any questions over that? No, no, we're good. Uh, That's the kind of meeting that I would say, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I'm going to step out. Go to the bathroom. You all just keep going on that. Now, now, now every client that Bethany back. has, every time she gets excuses herself from a meeting, everybody's going to be like, we must be on the wrong track. She just, I'm thinking about our team meetings. Uh, How often has Bethany done that? She leaves, leaves. a little bit of a passive. We'll step up our game, Bethany, for you. Thank you. In this board meeting, they go into the business of the board meeting. And one of the first things they have to decide is this major purchase that they're going to buy. It's all around the financials, like it's around the financials and where they're trying to go. And so the executive director of this nonprofit says, "Okay, we're looking at buying these things. I don't know if it's a great idea or not, but it's a lot of money for us to do that. So they talked about it and the board asked these questions that are really passive, like anybody could have asked. It could have been your first meeting like, well, did we get bids on this? Yeah, we got bids on this. Is that the best price we can get? Yep, that's the best price we can get. Uh, Okay, well. Uh, I guess we're going to do this. Okay. Any other discussion? Nope. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And they all passed it unanimously. So the meeting goes on and then we get into the strategic planning part of the discussion. 
And I asked a simple question. I said, what are some of the financial drivers of your organization? Like, what are the most important things that drive your financials? And the board looked at each other like, I don't, I don't know. Like looking at it, like who's going to answer that question? And it became really apparent in the discussion. And they even discussed, they started to open up about it. it was like, we don't understand it. Like we come to the meetings and we look this over and somebody raised their hand and said, you know, I look at the financials every, every month and I've been on the board for four years and I still don't understand what we're doing. I still don't understand what it means. I never have understood it. And somebody, somebody else across the room goes, yeah, I don't understand it either. Why are we talking about that? Yeah. And I think we just approved a lot of money to spend. Was that even a good idea? Maybe we shouldn't have even done that. So everybody's sitting around the meeting, trying to be polite, going through it as if somebody understands and somebody is engaged. And the truth was what we discovered after the meeting was that nobody really was. They were just sort of going through the motions. It was one of those meetings where it's just like, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be going through this. We're supposed to understand it. But nobody did. They weren't communicating. It wasn't compelling. They didn't have really roles to contribute to it. Um, that's one of the, that, that meeting to me always stands out, not just because it was rare in terms of the type of meeting. I think that type of meeting is very common. Uh, inside organizations, inside boards, but also because the team kind of recognized it very quickly afterwards because of the subsequent conversation of how useless that meeting really was. Yeah, and I think, man, what a what a great illustration of of meetings and and the reality of meetings. Right, this is a common question that organizations ask us quite a bit. Of we need help running effective meetings, and if the meetings aren't effective, there's ripple effects to this too. Right, if they're not effective, then nobody wants to attend. It might be brilliant information, but if it's not explained well and maybe even put it on an agenda ahead of time, um, it's going to fall on deaf ears, right? So so being able to run and facilitate an effective meeting, it is a skill set. I think it is an art form. Uh, we have an hour-long PowerPoint that we take teams through on how to maybe some best tips and tricks to be able to facilitate these, these meetings super effectively. So let me ask this question, blanket statement. Diana, I'm going to throw it to you right off the bat. But what should be happening in meetings? What 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 is the point? What should be happening there? Yeah, I think meetings are the place where things happen, right? It's where things get moved forward. It's where projects get talked about. It's where decisions are made. And I think I think that's why we why we decide to have meetings. It's not always what happens in the meetings, but that's where those things happen. It's it's where the communication lives. Yeah, we, we, we develop a meeting. We say, we should have a meeting about this. And the person may be developing the meeting or, or you know, starting the meeting, uh, scheduling the meeting, probably has grand ideas of why we are meeting. But so often, the, a lot of the people there might might not. Uh, Don, during your story, you mentioned you mentioned there's no role clarity there. You know, working with different companies, uh, it's not uncommon for us to help companies with role clarity around the different roles that they have within the building, within the organization, right? And helping to define what that looks like. But there's also certain roles that potentially need to be played in meetings too. What are some of those roles? Yeah, you need to know, like, what are you expecting out of the meeting itself? So like, if you just think about it, not just your role in the organization, but what is the purpose of of that meeting and what role do you play in it? Is this a time where I'm just telling you what's going on and I don't want you to question it? Or is this a time where I'm presenting you something and I want you to poke holes in it? Are, are we supposed to challenge each other at this moment or are we not supposed to? Do you, do you want my insights or do you not want my insights? Yeah. I think those are key parts to understanding a meeting. You know, if it, is it just give me input um, or just shut up about it? Because I've been in meetings before. We've all been in meetings where Somebody says, here's the direction that we're going. We made all these decisions and somebody raises their hand and says, what if we actually did it this way? Mm -hmm. And that could be great for the meeting, but sometimes that's not what the meeting is for. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
So you have to understand that ahead of time. And what role do you play? I think that's more than even the roles inside of an organization. You know, this happens a lot in boards. Boards boards need to understand what their role is in the organization. Are they just sitting there listening to a status update from the executive director? Or are they being brought something because they're expected to make a decision on something? And do they need to understand it? That that That's the most basic role that needs to be understood going into a meeting. Yeah, Don, I mean, you and I had the opportunity to meet with the city administration a couple of weeks ago with their, their board of aldermen, right? And one of the questions as we were going through kind of a SWOT analysis with them, uh, which we'll talk about later, but we were going through the SWOT analysis with the board and, you know, we were at... They, we were asking questions, they were answering questions, but then we kind of got into a real conversation of what exactly is my role as an alderman? Uh, you know, I've been in this role for what, you know, one of them was there for less than two months, maybe something like that. Um, and and they weren't 100% sure of their role, but they were still, they were already voting on things um, without even having an idea of what that looks like. What, what is our role with city administration? Um, who do we talk to? Who can talk to that person? You know, all of those all of those different things like they were this you, you don't anticipate having to have that conversation but if there's not role clarity uh, then then the meeting might be destined to fail doomed to fail there um, one of the major roles of an effective meeting is that person that can facilitate the meeting but what does that role look like if i'm facilitating a meeting what would the role of facilitator look like yeah so a facilitator is really important to a meeting it's just the per, you know it's the person who's just going to drive the meeting and make sure that we're staying on task and on target with what uh, what the agenda is which is kind of the next step that we can talk about um, but they're also um, just kind of I think a good facilitator we always say is um, you're not the one doing most of the talking ideally you're just kind of helping um, lead the discussion and you know you might be asking the questions that need to be asked and you might be giving the space for other people um, to participate and things like that. Um, so those are some ways a facilitator might work within a within a meeting. Yeah, and that that kind of plays to the role clarity there uh, as well. Without an effective facilitator, the meeting is is likely to fail. What are some of those other reasons that that meetings might fail? Diana, what are your thoughts? Oh man, I think a lot of meetings fail because people just don't understand the purpose of the meeting or there's too big of a goal. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll say like, we're working on this new project. And so we're, we're bringing in this meeting and we're going to work on this project, right? I think we have to say, we're working on this piece of the project. We're not going to work on the whole project today. And I think people get confused. Oh, that's good. And, you know, you kind of have to break things into bite-sized pieces to get stuff done. And I think it's just meetings are too big and too vast and too broad spectrumed to actually be effective. You know, we talked about communication styles in another podcast, and this plays right into what it is that you're talking about there too. So what part of the project are we going to be, are we going to be talking about? If I'm an outliner that needs the details, and I want to also maybe go over some of these talking points before the meeting, um, I need to be very, are we ideating? Are we executing? What is, what is it? going to be doing so I can come prepared to be able to participate in the meeting. Uh, what are some of those things? Uh, Don, what do you think? Well, I think I love that, that there's not a clear purpose for the meeting. I think another common way that meetings fail is the, hey, we're all doing our job meeting, uh, where everybody yeah, goes around yeah. the room and says, like, here's what I'm doing, everyone. And you just go around, and everyone gives their part of the meeting. What is really happening in the room is the person who's giving their talk is very interested in what's being said because they're talking about themselves. Everybody else is just thinking about what they're going to say when their turn comes up, or they're thinking about how are they going to execute what yeah. they're going to do after the meeting is over. 
you have to be very careful. So the problem with that meeting is there's no collaboration happening. There's nothing that's changing. It's just it's it's mm-hmm. it's one way communication in a two way format. And that just doesn't work very well. Let's talk about the collaboration part too, right? So if I'm the facilitator of a meeting, I think it is important to collaborate, but what, you know, Don, what are some reasons maybe a facilitator might be hesitant to invite collaboration or to invite others? I think some facilitators can get nervous, especially if you're a manager or boss, you might get nervous that you're going to uh, poke into some conflict. Uh, or, or discourage somebody or, or get yeah. somebody's going to get upset. Like you like to have, it feels good, at least short term, it feels good to have a meeting where everybody goes, that was a great meeting. Let's all get, we're all great. I think about the, the episode of The Office where Michael's leading a meeting up front and everybody's really focused on the screen behind him because there's this little DVD thing bouncing around and they're all waiting for it to hit the corner. And it finally hits the corner and they all right. celebrate and they end the meeting. And Michael Scott's like super excited at the end. He's like, wow, I did a great meeting today. And nobody else was paying attention to anything except for this other thing. Um, you know, sometimes great meetings don't feel great in the moment. Sometimes they have some tension. Sometimes they have some conflict. So as a facilitator, you have to be not afraid of some of that. You have to call it out and you have to be good sometimes at, at taking those different opinions that arise and saying like, look, and bringing it back to the purpose of the meeting and the goal of what the discussion is. Uh, there's there's some art to that, but not not being afraid of conflict. You want some conflict in your meetings. You just want healthy conflict. You know what's interesting too, Don, about about what that looks like. I can't tell you a manager or a leader that we work with that says, uh, "Gosh, I just need my team to talk less." Right? I, most of the time, it's uh, they're not they're not engaging. They're not cooperating. They don't offer their ideas. They're checked out. I don't even think they're mentally in it. Like that's how uh, leaders translate uh, the lack of, of engagement from their team. But a lot of times that the, the team wants to engage as well. You as the facilitator, if you're leading the meeting, you need to create spaces for the engagement to happen. That's a great tip, Matt. And I, listen, if you're a manager and you lead meetings, sometimes the best thing you can do when you're leading that meeting, if other people aren't talking, is to shut up. <laughs> yep. That's true. Just let the silence go and let other people fill the set. People don't like silence. They will fill it. Sometimes it's ask a question and then go quiet. And somebody you know, will I, I, I'm thinking of an accounting firm that I worked with that the, the leader actually said, hey, Matt, can you come sit in on one of our team meetings? Because, you know, for the same reasons that I just talked about, they don't engage. They're not talking like it's they don't even care. Like he's equating that to their be, becoming apathetic in their jobs. Can you just come sit in a meeting, see what I'm talking about? So I did. And I got to sit there and I got to watch the team meeting and, and things like that. After it was over, um, we went back to their office and they said, see, like they, they, nobody even participates. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And I and I had a good relationship with this person. And I said, OK, so do me a favor. OK, I have a tip. Do me a favor. And they said, yes. What is it? And I said, stop talking. <laughs> Just stop talking, which sometimes might sound aggressive or sound like, well, why, I'm, I'm the leader. I'm the boss. I'm supposed to have the answers like I need to talk. But what you're also effectively doing is, is you have trained everybody. If they don't have their hand up within 1.5 seconds, you are going to give them the answer anyway. And you have you have now created that environment on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes one of the best things that a facilitator, yes, the one leading the meeting can do 
is to also be comfortable with silence. Bethany, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, I think another way that you can do this, sometimes it doesn't work for every meeting, but if you have a regular meeting that's, you know, a weekly or monthly or whatever, is creating some predictability in it as well so that people know what to expect when they come in. And I think that's why, you know, an agenda can be really important, but also, and this is just an example I was thinking about, um, not business related, but it can be applicable to that. Um, And I always like to use parenting examples. But every morning, you know, when I take my kids to school, it's kind of like that's sort of our meeting space in some ways. And so we get in the car and we're driving, but we have that time. And so we have, you know, we've created kind of a regular routine within our car, our drive time, right? And so you know, for us, that looks like, okay, um, let's, you know, for us, it's let's do, let's pray on our way to school. And then um, we kind of do, we have like a family motto that we, that we say, um, and then I'll, you know, allow the kids to pick some music that they want to listen to. Right. And so that's kind of our, um, that's kind of our routine, but, um, but I build in opportunities for the kids to be a part of that so that it's not me sitting in the car and saying, Hey guys, so this is what what mom's doing today. This is what you're doing today. Okay, great break, everybody. We'll see you later. You know, um, it's a okay. We get in the car and we get to say, hey, they know what the routine is. So, um, you know, I might ask my daughter, do you wanna do you wanna do the prayer this morning? Or uh, maybe not. That's okay. Um, and then we know that we're going to do this kind of motto thing together. But then there might also be a space where it's like, okay, I'm going to give you an update about like, hey, your dad's going to pick you up today, just so you know. So it's, you know, I know it's not in, in the, a business related example, but I think there's a lot of similarities there um, as well of how you run a meeting and creating some predictability when you have those regular meetings in places that people know oh, I know this is a spot that I can get involved um, in the meeting and creating that space and that opportunity for people as well. Yeah, because again, I, I think that's great. And I think the reality of it is that that people do want to participate in the meeting. People do want to have effective meetings. They just don't always a, know how because we haven't created the space or uh, they haven't, they haven't uh, had time to prepare their thoughts. There are certain personality styles and communication styles that need to have uh, not only an agenda, but maybe an agenda a few days in advance. Uh, as well. So they can start putting their thoughts down and they feel like they can come prepared to be able to uh, also contribute to the meeting. So uh, Diana. Yeah, I was, I think you just said that about me. I think you know that I'm the type of person that (laughs) likes the context and likes to know what's happening because I am a processor and I like to think through things a lot before we get there. And you also are very good about being silent when when I just need a minute to think. And I love that you give me the space to just sort of be quiet for a minute and you let that silence hang there so that I can process through my thoughts a little bit. It definitely helps someone like me who who needs oh, no. that time. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, you know, again, the desire to participate is there. We just need to create the space. As the facilitator of the meeting, it's it's up to us to create the space. Some people listen, and I think Don, this is probably something we encounter too. Um, the goal is not 100% participation, right? Some people will say, okay, that was better, but why isn't so-and-so participating? Uh, what are some reasons so-and-so isn't participating in their eyes, Don? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the manager, the, the negative thought is they're, they don't like it. They're, they're, they're down on it. They're not engaged. Um, they don't feel safe, whatever those things are. But I mean, the real reasons that they don't participate is it might be that they don't feel safe and it might be that they're negative. Those, those could be reasons. They may not have anything to say. Um, and, and then there's some people, and boy, I've learned this, and I'm sure you, most of you have had this experience. You're sitting in the meeting and one person is sitting in the corner and they're not saying anything but they're just sitting there looking thoughtful. Like they're engaged. Like you can just watch their face. You're like, just, just see them thinking hard. And then they lean in like, you know, 45 minutes into the meeting and they quietly start to say something. Um, I'll tell you as a facilitator, I will go out of my way to make sure that that person, whatever they say next is going to be good. Usually 99% of the time, whatever that person is really sitting there just thinking is going to say, like they've really been thinking about it and they're going to about to say something. Right. It's probably going to be really, really beneficial to the meeting. So don't necessarily think that it's all negative when people aren't participating in it. Sometimes they just don't have something to contribute. Yeah, they're, they're prop, they probably are participating in their minds. They have thoughts. Maybe it's just not the space that they're comfortable enough to be able to share it. Uh, Don, I was, uh, you know, I was, I'm thinking of a meeting that we had a few weeks ago. Of course, I won't say where it was, but we had just started the meeting. We were going around doing introductions and things like that. And I asked, uh, you know, a follow-up question, a secondary question as I was leading this meeting of, oh, okay, uh, where did you work before this? And I mean, we were only that far, right? And Don, do you remember what happened to that, that, uh, that person in the meeting? Oh yeah. The participant just got flustered. Uh, yeah. Got, they just, they got, just got flustered nearly to tears. Uh, to, you, you clearly triggered something that was like a story or a memory or something like that. And the person just got uncomfortable. And yeah. uh, so two takeaways from something like that is first of all, recognize if you're the facilitator of the meeting, you're probably comfortable in front of people recognize not everybody is. You know, so so if if we see those types of things, like I see where, you know, the, the person was flustered and they clearly, you know, they, <laughs> the eye contact wasn't there. They were looking down. They were clearly flustered. Then, OK, we're going to move off of that one. I think a poor facilitator might have continued to drill down there. And no, 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 you need to participate. Another example of what this looks like, too, is is we get into like a strategic planning. I had I had one uh, where I was doing this for a, a hospital group and and uh, just kind of walking through strengths of a group. Group. And uh, some people were raising their hands. Actually, uh, quite a few people were raising their hands. And the the uh, CEO stood up and said, listen, if we're not all going to participate, I'm going to start calling you out, like snapping his fingers and saying like, you, give me a strength. You, give me a strength. You, give me a strength. And what you have at that time now is forced participation. Yeah, you got them to say something, but what did you win? You probably, you probably just did more damage um, than, than, than good there too. So Knowing all of these kind of pitfalls here, we're talking about these different ways that meetings fail. What are some tips that we can give to, to people? Maybe you're a participant. Maybe you're the actual facilitator. Maybe you're the manager. Maybe you're a frontline employee. Uh, maybe you're the owner. Uh, what are some of those tips that we can give to people on how to lead uh, maybe a better meeting? Uh, Diana? Yeah, I was going to say from a per participant perspective, I think if you don't understand the purpose of the meeting, you should just ask the question. I feel like not enough participants are clear about the the role they play or what they're doing, and they don't stand up enough and say, hey, I, I don't know what's going on here. Can you clarify? Or what are we yeah. really doing? Or why do you need me here? And I think it's important for them to start asking those questions. Yeah. And Don, just to kind of jump back to you off of that same thought, that's not just your normal frontline employee. I mean, you were talking about 
uh, boards, right? Board meeting. And how long did they look at that document before they started asking questions? You know, and so creating a space for for those questions to be asked and a safe environment for them is is key. What's another thing that we can do, Don, maybe to lead a better meeting? Well, one thing I, I guess you, you talk about leading a better meeting. I think the safety piece is really important. Um, oh yeah, you, oh, right. you have to make a meeting safe for people to feel like they can speak up. Um, so if if you're a manager, and I've seen managers do this, and uh, like somebody will bring up something and say like, well, what if we did this, this, and this, and this? And the manager will say, you know, well, we did that three years ago, and it was an absolute disaster. Right. So what other ideas do you all have? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's going to shut down. Yeah. Now people don't feel safe in the meeting. It's not like the person, you didn't really yell at the person, but you kind of shut them mm-hmm. down. Like it's not, you don't let them explore those ideas a little bit. I think you have to create a safe environment of just saying like, okay, that's an interesting idea. What all do you, what the rest, what do the rest of you think about that? And let the team kind of help out and get and draw the discussion in. Uh, you don't have to have the answers. And and sometimes even if you may have the answer as a facilitator, you may, it, may, it may not be a good time for you to give the answer. It yeah. might be better for you to open it up and say, who else, who can answer that question? Who else can jump into this? Who wants to put it? Because the team will discuss it and that opens up the discussion more and creates another uh layer of safety. Whenever I'm working with a manager on how to, to uh, lead a, a more effective meeting, I know that uh, Bethany brought up the idea of an agenda earlier. I think it's one thing to create the agenda, right? But but where the agenda comes to life is how to facilitate the agenda. So what I what I mean by that is if I um, if I want to create an agenda item, I also want to think about what questions as a facilitator can I ask that leads them to to even come up with the the answers to that agenda point without me telling mm-hmm. them. Um, I always want to think of the questions that I need to ask in order to get them there. There's an adult learning theory tactic called "If it fires, it wires," meaning if I can ask enough questions that lead them to the desired outcome, they are much more likely to own it and remember it. Uh, also, that psychological safety is there if I'm queuing up the questions. So I think uh, uh, one of the things that a facilitator can do to lead better meetings is understand, Don, like you just said it, I don't have to have all the answers. I recognize that I'm surrounded by good, smart people that also have experiences that they'd like to share. Uh, What are those questions that I can ask? So that's a good, that's a good tip. Bethany, what's another tip maybe you have? Yeah. Another one that we talk about a lot is having meeting integrity. And Matt, you're really good at this, I think, is um, being able to say like, this is the time that the meeting is starting and this is the time the meeting is ending. And so I think a lot of people make the mistake of saying, hey, well, we're having this conversation and we, you know, we end up meeting 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes past the allotted time for the meeting. Um, And I know people just kind of write that off sometimes, but it gets really frustrating for your participants um, if that's something that continually happens. Um, So I think that's a, a, a good tip as well, just to have that meeting integrity. And respect. Yeah, I love, I love it. Thank you for the shout out there. But I, I I think if we say a meeting is going to be this time, started on time and ended on time, uh, and that will go a long way, giving you street cred with your participants. By the way, uh, if you hold meeting integrity there too. So this is kind of an overview of a a lot of uh, meeting tips, and I think we could probably drill these down maybe in future episodes as well, and be a little more specific with some of these things. But I would, I would just maybe finish with this. If a meeting is recurring, and maybe it was a good idea to have the meeting in the first place, um, but now it's kind of deteriorated. This has now become a meeting that people are dreading uh, to go to. Uh, Don, what might be a piece of feedback that we would give that organization about that meeting? 
Uh, you know, the the tip might be stop it. Yeah, um, we'll people's minds sometimes too, right? They're just like right. if the meeting is terrible, like let's let's set a standard right now. Let's all agree we want to have great meetings, like great meetings, not just good meetings, great meetings. So yeah. if if the meeting becomes poor, stop doing it. Um, sometimes the reason it's became poor, by the way, is because you're like, okay, we're all together. And then you, what you do is you combine like five different types of meetings into one meeting and it there's really lack of, there's lack of clarity on it. Um, you know, the, the organizations that I know that have really healthy meetings have a good meeting cadence where they have different meetings for, the, they have, they'll have lots of meetings, but they're for very yeah. specific purposes. They become very, very good and uh, efficient for doing work. Mm-hmm. So just, just set the standard, just make sure you're going to have good meetings. And if you don't, do it differently. Yeah, I would. I would say we can. We can, like you said, we can just stop it. Stop the meeting. Then, if that's not a great meeting, then stop it. Um, but I've also seen, you know, let's just rework the agenda. Maybe assign some responsibilities. Just because I'm the facilitator doesn't mean I have to do all the talking. How about, you know, um, you know, Joe? How about you take? Would you mind talking a few minutes in the meeting about this? How, you know, Sally. How about how about that? You know, those types of things too. We can delegate some of those responsibilities as well. So. We had a great conversation about effective meetings. Um, Meetings, they can suck, but they do not have to. We've talked about a lot of different opportunities and tools to improve your meetings. So here's a few. The first thing is that facilitation um, is a skill set. So it takes practice. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, Keep practicing. Make sure there is role clarity in your meeting. So what are the expectations of the meeting and the participants? Be realistic with your time and what you're going to accomplish in a single meeting. Sometimes you might need to break up a project into multiple meetings and that's okay. Create space for people to participate in the meeting, but don't assume that people are disengaged in the meeting because they aren't saying anything. Maybe they're just processing the information and they will provide thoughts later in a different way. Remember why we had the meetings in the first place. I think it's okay to ask the question, is this meeting still necessary? And if it's not, it's okay to cancel that meeting for good. Um, If not, don't be afraid to change it up. Change up the meeting and how it looks if you need to get people involved. Listen, if you enjoyed today's conversation, would you click the subscribe button and rate our podcast as well? We would also love to hear from you. So you can email us at morethanworkpodcast at peopleccg.com. Hope to hear from you real soon. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.